Thank you for tuning in to the Big Meat Sport Podcast, where I give you my weekly take on the past week of college and professional sports. So sit back and enjoy the episode. It's your boy Jose from Big Meat Sports. How are you guys doing on this lovely Thanksgiving week? It is so beautiful. The weather down here in South Florida, got to love it. I mean, you're, you're during the day, it's in the 70s. At night, it's in the 60s. Best time of the year. Got to love it. If it's your first time tuning into the podcast, welcome. We're going to be talking some uh, some football, some basketball in this time. But if you haven't already, please subscribe to our Instagram page, Big Meat Sports Podcast. Go check us out. Also, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, so thank you guys for uh, listening. So <clears throat> on this episode, we're going to talk about the LeBron James fight. Um, versus Detroit Pistons. I think it was, I think his name was Isaiah Thomas. And um, let's say it is what it is. It was LeBron James did have a cheap shot. And it was like, it was one of those cheap shots that you knew he did it on purpose. And you can see that he did it on purpose. Um, I don't care what he says. It, you know, he you can see it on camera he kind of looks like he's targeting him now if he meant to hit him on the face that's a that's a another ordeal but i knew that you know he was trying to get him off him probably trying to swim move and and hit him in the arm hit him in the shoulder but caught him dead right in the face and made this guy bleed i am i'm they're lucky it was not uh what is it a malice in the palace when Detroit Pistons and uh, Indiana Pacers back in the days had that big fight in um, in the arena, they are lucky that that didn't happen. Now, I, I believe it didn't happen due to the fact that it was LeBron James that that you know got into the scuffle. But I think if it was somebody else, then it would have been uh, a lot worse. The fans probably would have got involved again. But you know, it's it's one of those that. Um, LeBron James got suspended one game and Isaiah Thomas got suspended two games because of uh, when he got hit, he, you know, saw his blood and, and wanted to fight the world and kept on going after him. But I, I mean, one game suspension, I would have, I would have liked if it was a, a two game suspension just to, you know, send a point that LeBron James doesn't get any, uh, any leniency and, and doesn't get any, get away with stuff. Um, but they decided to hit him with the one game. Some people said if uh, if the kid didn't, uh, Thomas didn't get uh, crazy with it, then LeBron James probably could have uh, got hit with the suspension. And I mean, well, it's it's hard to tell, but I'm glad the NBA is is showing that they're not afraid to suspend LeBron James. I think it's his first suspension uh of his career so um you know it's uh well noted but uh my the reason why i'm i'm talking about this fight because it has prompted me to uh talk about a top five list of players that you wouldn't want to fight in the nba game now this is past and present um so this is my top five list and and i'll i'll put a uh you know the survey or question on the instagram account and you guys let me know who your top five uh, people that you want to want to mess with. But 
my top five list goes like this. Number five, Charles Oakley. I mean, back in the days, Charles Oakley was that man that people feared, uh, would hit you in the back, would show you some, you know, tough love uh, on the court and did not back down from it. Um, so, yeah, Charles Oakley's at number five. Ben Wallace, I mean, again, he was he was part of, uh, of that mouse in the palace. Um, one of those guys that he he uh, he can throw hands and had had gotten uh, his uh, quite share of a few fights in his NBA career. So I put Ben Wallace at four. Uh, at three, I put Shaq at three uh, because Shaq has gotten into into a, uh, how big he is and how you know I would say like dominant he was. In, in the post and for him to throw his elbows and he's gotten fights with uh, Charles Barkley and, and numerous of people. Um, and Shaq was about that life, uh, not getting disrespected and, you know, making sure that people knew who he was. So um, that's why I have Shaq at number three. Uh, number two, I got James Johnson uh, and James, and a lot of people are surprised. That I have, you know, I was going to put James Johnson on the list. But James Johnson is one of those people that you wouldn't want to mess with because this guy has a black belt in karate. Um, and I think it, most of his family members uh, also uh, do also, but he has a black belt in karate. And I'm pretty sure he would mess you up within a heartbeat. Um, this guy, he ain't a black, he's not, he, he's not one of those uh, black belts when he's given it give it to you. No, he's one of those legit black belts. He trains in off season. You can tell, you can tell by his training regimen. Um, and this, I mean, he's just nasty with it. Uh, people have tried, you know, tried him, um, but haven't gone to that extent of throwing hands. Um, but again, that's one person I wouldn't want to mess with. Uh, so James Johnson at number two and the number one person, I wouldn't want to mess with would be UD Udonis Haslam. Uh, Haslam is this, that dude that he's hood. I love it. You know, he sticks up for his teammates, uh, you know, a la when Dwayne Wade uh, got uh, hit. What was uh, his name from Indiana Pacers? I believe it was uh, Tyler Hansborough or something like that. Uh, Psycho T. I know that they call him Psycho T and he kind of like, uh, came down on Dwayne Wade and cut him. Um, and what did UD go go in there? Went in there and slapped the God-loving crap out of him and got called for uh, a flagrant foul on it. Um, but then, then last, I believe, it, yeah, last year with Dwight Howard, uh, you know, Dwight Howard was throwing people around and, and UD goes in there and, and UD lasts only two minutes and got into Dwight Howard's uh, face and they went at it um so yeah ud is that man he you know that's one of those people that you know you don't want to you don't want to mess with because he is he is from the hood he is from the inner city and he's and he is about that life um so he he demands respect uh in it but um yeah that's my top five list of who players that you wouldn't want to mess with in the nba because look at the end of the day um if there's a couple more people that i could have added this list but anybody else a lot of nba players are just all that talk and they're not about that life of of getting in fights so <clears throat> they're they're um 
their this, this list, I think these top five people would get in a fight. We'll meet you in the back, and we'll probably meet you at your house and try to fight you until this the, until it's resolved. Um, but yeah, so that's my top five list. Uh, again, we're gonna put it on Instagram, and you guys let me know what you think about my list and comment below. Um, we are talk- going to talk about Dallas Cowboys losing to the Chiefs now. Um, you know, I don't come on here just to talk about the good. I always talk about the bad. And look, we'll talk about the good first. And the only bright spot that I saw about this past game was the Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, you you got to give them credit where credit is due. Um, the Chiefs did go, uh, go ahead and score on their first drive. But Cowboys defense held them to the field goals throughout the remainder of the game and only gave up three points the second half. And Michael Parson was leading the charge for the defense. Now, I believe at the beginning of the game, they went to one high safety look and towards the end of the, uh, and they made an adjustment and went to the two high safety look, which a lot of teams are doing for uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, and it worked out uh, to benefit them. Um, but Michael Parsons is that dude. Um, I mean, I love him at defensive line. I love him when you just play him anywhere at linebacker. Um, I just can't wait to for Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory and us getting all of our key pieces on defense back because I really think that this defensive line is going to be scary and not and it's going to it. It actually works out for us because hopefully we can stay healthy and stay healthy during this last stretch uh, for the regular season and going into the playoffs, because we are going to make the playoffs. I don't care who said if, and, or but about it, we are going to make the playoffs. Um, but the offense just looked, you know, disjointed at times. Um, you had, you're putting little Connor, as a lot of people call him, Connor McGovern uh, in the left guard spot. Um replacing Connor Williams and it looked like he was just a, a step slow on most of his blocking double teams uh you know uh, setting the screens and getting out there uh ahead of Ezekiel Elliott um and so on and so forth um also you know we uh Terrence Steele uh got whooped uh our our receivers you know we're a short Amari Cooper uh, they're doubling C.D. Lamb, and a lot of the other receivers couldn't get off of press coverage. I know uh, that it was Michael Galvin's first game back, and it's understandable, but we're going to need Michael Gallup step up these uh, next, you know, these next, uh, I would say, what is it? We're in 11th week. What is it? Seven more games that we have. Um, but these crucial games, this one, this next game versus the Raiders on Thanksgiving Day because uh, we might be w- without C.D. Lamb. And we might be without Amari Cooper. So we need to, first of all, my my biggest thing is we need to get back to our identity is running the ball. We Kellamore tried to get too cute at times and got away from the run. And I think the best thing that this offensive line does is is run block. Uh, you know, especially w- with all the uh injuries with Tyron Smith and you know, you're trying to do uh, you know. Little Connor in there and Tyler Biotish in there. This this offensive line excels at run blocking. Um, so we're going to need that first versus the Raiders because Raiders have two really good pass rushers coming on Thanksgiving Day. 
Um, and it's a must. I, I feel like it's a must win uh, for us uh, just to get back on the winning track, because, again, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are. Yes, they're they I think they're five and six at the point at this point, um, but they're they're riding high and they have the easiest schedule remaining. So you don't want to drop games and give the, the Philadelphia Eagles any uh, any light at the end of the tunnel. So we again, this is a must win game. Um, but yeah, this need to get back to the running game and get their identity back. Um, but again, Cowboys lose my, my, my text message starts, you know, going off with all these dolphin, you know, uh, Miami dolphin fans because they won three in a row and they want to talk crap about my Cowboys and it always, always happens, you know, so we'll see. And Miami dolphins, look, you're you know, not Miami Dolphin fans. You guys won two, well, three games. Two of them were versus the Jets and Houston Texans. The only impressive win was the the Baltimore Ravens, which I think you guys put the blueprint out there for teams how how to beat the Ravens. But that was only an impressive win. So let's not you know pump the brakes, relax. I just you know what bothers me is that. I can I can take, you know, crap talking from a Patriots fan, you know, when they had Tom Brady because, you know, they've been to the success. A Kansas City fan, I could take, you know, a Green Bay fan. But a Dolphins fan that – a Dolphins team that hasn't been relevant for, what, how many, 10, 15 years? And I always say they're rebuilding. And I don't know how many years you can use that excuse of, we're, re- we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding. And it's like every single year. And then you guys start sucking. Oh, we're going to do, you know, we're sucking for luck or sucking for whoever. And you guys missed on almost every single time on the draft. And it, 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 it hurts me to say it because, you know, I do try to root for the dolphins, but it's kind of hard when your friends are making fun of you if you're a Cowboys fan and then kind of make you uh, really don't want the Dolphins to win. So it's kind of a lose-lose scenario. Um, but guess who got fired uh, today? <laughs> Mr. Jason Garrett got fired, the Giants offensive coordinator. Look, Jason Garrett is a very, very conservative uh, play caller. And he has weapons. It's not like you know, Daniel Jones doesn't have weapons and that, you know, I would say Daniel Jones is part of the problem. Um, but damn, it's like, he has weapons out there. You know, now you have Saquon Barkley back. Kadarius, Tony, this, this guy, I mean, you need to get him more touches because every time he has a ball in his hand, this guy is a playmaker and he, he can get you, instead of getting that two yard game, he makes, he turns into a five or seven with his juke moves. Um, and he's a, he's a good route runner. Um, but it's just, I just felt like Jason Garrett, you can see the conservative play calling in Dallas and you saw it going to the giants for two years straight. And one of the, one of the all 22, I think it's all 22 access that they had. They showed that, all of my receivers were in, in running almost basically into each other. I don't know 
if somebody had the wrong call or what, or if that was a call itself. But I mean, this, uh, this game, this, you know, that this past game versus Tampa was just icing on the cake of Jason Garrett's horrible play calling uh, because I believe you're, you're Sterling Shepard. I believe you're playing him. Uh, what is it? Uh, they said $40 million um, to barely have some touches. He's not producing. Um, and again, it's not like they don't have talent. They do. And this thing is more of the play calling and setting up uh, <clears throat> uh, better route running and better situations uh, for them to succeed. Uh, we're going to see uh, how this giant team reacts playing the the Eagles this upcoming uh, week because it is going to be, uh, I believe they're going to be retiring uh, the jersey of, ooh, it slipped, slipped my mind. It's uh, What's his name? Gaptooth. Uh, man, um, I totally forgot his name right now. But they're retiring his jersey. Um, and yeah, they're gonna they're gonna it's gonna be the first game without Jason Garrett at the helm. So we're gonna see how they're gonna be utilizing Kadarius Tony. And now it makes that game more interesting. Um, and I do I I want to say I put the Giants uh, winning as an upset upset. So we'll 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 see if that uh, we'll see if that uh, happens, but. You know, um, Jason Garrett, again, uh, it it's it's one of those things that you saw it when he was playing, uh, when he was when he was coaching uh, Dallas. And it's just very conservative play calling. Uh, and it it's it's year in and year out. And I'm trying to find this guy's name. Um, because it's it really killing me right now. So you just got to hold on with me. Uh, man. He's on Good Morning America. God dang it. Uh, let's see. Should be on here. No, it's people. Oh, there you go. Michael Strahan. Why? I, see, I can't believe Michael Strahan <laughs> got him. But yeah, they'll be retiring his jersey, I, I believe, I heard uh, this week. So it's going to be an uh, interesting, uh, interesting time with retiring his jersey. Uh, you know, a new play caller. I think the Giants are going to be up for this game. So I call him up, if you want to call it an upset, calling the Giants beating uh, the Eagles. Uh, this upcoming Sunday. And last but not least, we're talking about Jonathan Taylor is a certified baller. This guy for the Indianapolis Colts, I'm pretty sure if you had him on your fantasy league, he probably won you a couple. Uh, uh, he probably won you your week of fantasy scoring almost 50 points. Um, and because I know he, he made me, he helped me win uh, my fantasy. Um, but uh, this Colts team is going to be is going to be something to look out for because if Jonathan Taylor can keep this running game going, uh, it makes Carson Wentz a better quarterback uh, due to the fact that 
he doesn't have to create as much plays as he he had to in the Philadelphia. He can be a conservative uh, play caller, manage the game, just like uh, Ryan Tannehill does uh, over there uh, in Tennessee. Um, and, you know, and the Colts defense is, is playing real good. So, um, again, John Taylor is a beast. He's leading the league in rushing. Uh, and I think that, again, this, this Colt team uh, would be uh, a scary team to look out for if, you are, if, uh, if you're going into the playoffs and you are an AFC team because the threat of him running the ball um, but you're going to have to stack the box and make Carson Wentz uh, beat you. But this kid is something special. Uh, we're seeing him, uh, you know, come into his own. He saw a little bit last year, and this year he's is uh, coming out and and balling on this in this in this 2021 year. I believe it's his second year playing. So uh, kudos to uh, the Jonathan Taylor fantasy owners. I am one of them, and actually. I played against him on one of my leagues and got destroyed. And then I had him for one of my leagues and destroyed the other uh, team I was playing. So uh, again, Jonathan Taylor balling out. Um, But that is all for this podcast. Again, thank you for tuning in for big meat sports. Uh, If you haven't tuned in to us, uh, thank you for tuning in for your first time. Check us our, our other podcasts on here. Also check us out on Instagram. Uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care.